You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. Uh, we are here, we're talking about Russian Doll on Netflix, episode three of season one, but guess what? We're also throwing in the first episode of Vagrant Queen on Sci-Fi Channel, or I guess it's just Sci-Fi now. Yep. I guess I dated myself a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, yep. it, it's not it's not the planet logo anymore, Mitch. It's just the letters. <laughs> just they the didn't le- even spell it right. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, without you know getting too much into it, how did everybody feel about the first episode of, of Vagrant Queen? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same spot. Uh, I was wondering if you like Doctor Who Firefly people would like it more because that's what people seem to be comparing it to most. And I would like to sit these people down and tell yeah. them that they are wrong. No, there's not nearly enough depth for that to be the case. This is closer to like Lex or. Yeah, I don't know. I would say it's closer to Lex or like um, I, I got I got Farscape vibes at times. Yeah, Farscape. That yeah. was the other one I was looking for. The other one were Space Cases. If anybody remembers that, Ooh. <laughs> the the aesthetic I kept feeling was a slightly darker version of Xenon, Girl of the Twenty First Century. Does anyone yeah. remember that Disney there. Channel original? Yeah, the, the girl who works on the ship could just be that one of those characters anyway, right? <laughs> That was that's what I kept catching myself to. thinking about. Yeah, uh, I I the the visuals look fantastic. I think mm-hmm. um, I think they nail that stuff. Um, again, I do see a lot of like new Doctor Who, like last couple seasons Doctor Who, and the visuals. Um, the plot I just feel is like it's the most like surface level, yeah, stone skipping over water yeah. kind of thing for all archetypes we've seen in sci-fi before. Yeah. And I, I would say that it's, it's like, um, Eccleston's season of Dr. Who knew who, like, so the beginning of new who, like with the, like not so great production value. Okay. For me. Shots fired. In terms yeah. of the aesthetic. Okay. Yeah. I guess for me, with Doctor Who and Firefly, but particularly Doctor Who, there's more of a um, there's a story within the story. Yeah. So even if there's an arching story for the season, like there is an underlying story that occurs in the episode. There is an individual <clears throat> entity or problem or bad guy or yeah. it's trying to get solved. And so you're running two, essentially two storylines at the same time. And here, I don't feel like there's a second storyline. I think really. I think we yeah. I think we will. I think you'll find out that every episode she's gonna like next episodes. Okay, we'll get into that. Uh, 
Elizabeth. I, oh, sorry. Were you going to say Steven? I was going to say it, it might be the problem with modern shows that exists for all modern shows where they shot the pilot and they included that in the full series run. Yeah. Because, mm. okay. I mean, like the first eight, like, the one I always cite is the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's an entirely different show. That's true. Mm-hmm. Valid. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that 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 happens. So, uh, we'll get more into the episode after we talk about our week's watch. So, Elizabeth, you're up first. What did you watch this week? <laughs> so, we watched lots of things this week because I forced know, her to watch lots of things. This lots week. of things this <laughs> week. I I am somebody I like to watch what I've already watched and I know I like. So, I'm not particularly inclined to watch new things. Um, but you. we actually saw we watched um, the new Jumanji. But before we could watch that, I had never seen the old new Jumanji, the second one. <laughs> the old new. <laughs> I'd obviously seen the one with Robin Williams, and I and I love that one. Um, but I hadn't seen this new version um, at all. So we had to watch the first one so, and then this one. Welcome to the jungle and then the next level. There we go. <laughs> Both with the rocket. Yes. So what'd you think? Um... I liked them. They were cute. They were cute. I think that the Robin Williams one will always hold a special place just because I watched it at the age that I watched it at. Um, but I I liked the take on this one. It was, it was fun. It was interesting um, to not be who you are, particularly as teenagers, when teenagers often don't feel like they are who they are or know who they are. Um, so that's always an interesting interplay to follow. Uh, I thought I thought the graphics were cool. I liked the aesthetic of it. It was a lot of fun. It was just a, a great family flick. And the changing from a board game to a video game, and instead of the video game coming into the real world, we went real world into, into the, the video, video game. game. How'd you feel about those changes? Well, so that actually tracks more along the lines of what happened to Robin Williams in the original one. It's true. Um, but that was a penalty. That was, that was a penalty. Yeah. But it, it does track more and I think it allows them to do more. I don't think you could do the same things that they do if you didn't go into the game. Um, and the change from board game to video game to update it was done, I think, very interestingly because it was not that the board game just did it of its own volition. It did it upon realization that it couldn't get what it wants without that. Mm-hmm. So that was that was an interesting play on it. They didn't automatically come across it already a video game. So one of the things I think is interesting about this new set setting for uh, the Jumanji movies is that you kind of get this added bonus of the movie being a body swap kind of movie. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. essentially you're Kevin Hart and um, Dwayne, the rock Johnson have to act like their other, char- the, the characters that they're there. supposed to be yeah. playing. Yeah. And that doesn't become more apparent than in the second one where they have to be Danny Glover and Danny DeVito. Yes. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> Although in the, in the first one with Kevin Hart, like, I really appreciated that they took the character Fridge and made him short short in Kevin Hart's short. because Kevin Hart is always complaining about being short and <laughs> always being like, no, 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 I'm bigger than I seem. I'm bigger than I seem. So like it fit like it was 
I was still watching Kevin Hart be Kevin Hart. Like, so it worked for me. <laughs> but um, Anybody else get a chance to check out uh, that those, those two movies? No. Oh, yes, I have. John? I started seeing a little bit of the first one with The Rock, but I have not seen it the whole way through. Uh, curious about it, but no, it's just, it's all on my back burner with so much other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, what did you think of the two movies? I really enjoyed them, but I really like Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, so... And like when they work together, I pretty much like their films. I just, it's my kind of comedy. So, I mean, I honestly don't see them not, I know don't see them not, but I see a future remake of Twins with the two of them in it. Like, it oh, almost yeah. feel like that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I also really like, though, the, um, I think her name's Brittany or something. The, like the preppy cheerleader girl. Oh, Bethany. Bethany. I re- oh, Bethany. Yeah. I really like her character because she's so positive and just refreshing of that character type. Like normally cheerleaders are super, when they're in media, they're considered super like bitchy or annoying. And Bethany was just so uplifting in both of them. And I was like, I love this character. <laughs> I just. Yeah. You, you really like, expect her to be the mean girl, yes. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't happen, which is, which is really, which is really awesome. It's yeah. Ditching that stereotype. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I like a lot of the... I love all the characters in the, in the movie, I, and I enjoyed both of them um, a lot. And uh, does, do the two of you that haven't seen it mind that we spoil something? No. I don't care. Okay. Are you going to talk about the older gentleman? The older gentleman? I don't know which older gentleman. Danny, Danny Glover? Yeah. Oh, well, um, I, not particularly. I wasn't going to, but okay. I mean, okay, we can talk about that though. Like, what do you think about his character? I had <laughs> real issue with his character staying in the video game at the end of the at the end of his I, the end of the movie. Like, what happens I'm, to his body? I'm, su- I'm supposed. Well, to be his laughing. body I'm dis- not supposed to feel things. <laughs> his his body dis- his body disappears because that's like, true. It is in the first yeah. one. Alex disappears for twenty years. You're like, right. He gets sucked in. There's no body. He's not been murdered. He truly just vanishes so but it also drove his father almost crazy and people thought he killed his son and so now you have an old man that's going to go missing so people would be like well last time we saw him he was going over to uh spencer's house so yeah except yeah i don't think people care people don't get quite as wound up when old people ride off into the sunset (laughs) you know it fly off as a horse into the sunset (laughs) (laughs) like they just they don't because they're seen as having yeah. lived a life. Yeah. Yeah. And they're adults. They're responsible for themselves. So if they ran off, they ran off. Like, it's different than a teenager. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So I guess the thing that I, I really wanted to get into was um, the very the end credit scene or, yeah, the mid-credit scene, so to speak. I'm trying to find the name of the actor that was in it because he shows up at the end as the uh, furnace repair guy. And he's not oh, and real plays. well known. Oh, right. Dick Van Dyke. And it's, no, it's no. Lamorne, Lamorne Morris. He was recently in Bloodshot. He, yeah. was, he was in all the seasons of New Girl. Um, so he, yeah. he's in the, he comes in at the end as the furnace repair guy. And he, um, 
gets fascinated or infatuated with the video game system. He wants to go like mess with it. And as he does, they cut away to our main characters at a bistro diner diner. And, uh, the ostriches from the video game show up on the street. So if they make this fourth movie, (laughs) I'm guessing the video game is coming into the real world. That would be my guess, yes. We'll get something much more along the lines of the original Jumanji. Yeah. Is this, is this going to be the PCU? This is the Pixel Cinematic Universe? Yes, it <laughs> would be. I mean, I don't think Jumanji would want to be associated with Pixels, but yes. And Pixels, and then Wreck-It Ralph will go into it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there was something I was going to bring up about that. Oh, so what do you think the personalities of Bravestone and Mouse and all those characters are going to be when they come into the real world? Since they won't have Danny DeVito and Spencer yeah. there. Um, I think, I think, honestly, I think Braveheart's going to come off the way... Bravestone. Bravestone is going to come off the way that all rock characters come yeah. off <laughs> yeah. like that stereotypical i'm a badass like <laughs> watch me flex my muscles i mean mm-hmm. particularly is one of his abilities is that he's smolder intense smolder yeah uh so that's gonna be my guess in terms of of how he comes out in particular so he's just gonna be parodying his own characters the, yes. the characters that he's played in, in the in the past that, that's that's fair and uh so the first well the first rock jumanji movie mm-hmm. did amazing at the at the box office because uh for some reason it just it just hit it hit with families and it was during the christmas season so when most people were watching you know big oscar bait movies and stuff like that that this was a movie that people could take their families to and kids and stuff like that and it had a really long run and made a lot of money the second one they they sped into it they're like let's get into it let's let's make another one and get some more money out of it um i mean as you can see with the end of the first one they they destroyed the video game thinking this was it they weren't going to be making another movie yeah they, they made the second movie second movie was supposed to do just as well but with everything that happened <laughs> quarantine wise uh people didn't get to go see it as much so it doesn't have the huge box office thought, sorry what that movie's been out for a hot minute though it came out I think, just the end of December when things yeah. were starting to already like they were expecting to have a super long run. I guess that's true. It's it's a movie that can sit in theaters and still get audiences. Right. It's funny. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, fair. So they had to, to do the straight to the VOD twenty dollar or whatever. I don't yeah. know how that's working out, and if it's made enough money that they're going to get that third movie. I assume that. To get the second movie, they had to hire everybody back and put in their contracts that they'll come back for the second movie or they'll pay them for a third movie, so to speak. Um, so we'll see if we'll get that third movie. Because now I'm actually yeah. really interested in seeing what they do with that third movie. I yeah. imagine we will get a third movie and I think they will write off the second one not doing as well simply on... COVID-19. The chaos. Yeah, yeah I, I think that... Every it'll everything will be couched in those terms for every movie that came out January, February in particular, those that came out the very first part of March. I think we'll all be couched in terms of, well, no, it didn't make as much as the box office, but the box offices were closed yeah. and everybody yeah. was panicked even before the box offices were closed. So 
we can't really blame it on the movie. We don't really know if the next one will do well because this is a really skewed yeah. result. Yeah. So I'm going to put it out there. It definitely gets another sequel, at least, if not two more, because I just looked up what production company it is. Sony? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Sony is the, the distribution uh, studio, yeah. so to speak. They, so Sony is the one that, um, after um, the last Ghostbusters, not having gone over very well, they're making a whole other reboot franchise, which is clearly <laughs> intended for more with Ghostbusters. Yes, yeah, it is, so. that's absolutely true. And then they're also the ones that, after Raimi's third Spider-Man movie, made the <laughs> Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, and then went on to making Tom Holland's Spider-Man movie. So they know how to hold do. on to an IP. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a lot of their other movies have not been doing well, which is interesting. So, uh, and Men in Black was awful. And Men in Black was awful. <laughs> that IP. That. Oh, I finally watched that. <laughs> it's so bad. I forgot. I th- yeah, I was so excited for Camille Montiani's character and then at the end of the movie I was like wait was he even really in it but yeah, yeah he was it's just, the movie's just that bad and my brain was already like <laughs> like, like putting the, all of that experience into a vault <laughs> uh, okay so you can now catch Jumanji the next level on uh, any place where you want to buy VOD so iTunes Google Play places like that I think it's on Amazon as well uh, John what did you watch this week all right, so I started watching The Crimes of Grindelwald, and about 10 minutes into it, I said, screw this, and I decided to start watching Jay and Silent Bob reboot instead. Ah, hey. but why, why, why do we screw this on The yeah. Crimes of Grindelwald? Yeah. Well, I mean, I liked Harry Potter. I read all the books. Uh, I liked all the movies. I did not like... Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them. Um, I feel like it's trying to be three different things at the same time, and it just clashes the tones too much. Like, either make this a movie about Newt Scamander having goofy, like, Dr. Doolittle adventures, or make it this deep, intriguing conspiracy regarding the Grindelwald character and, like, all the stuff he was doing, essentially a prequel to Harry Potter. But uh, I don't know, like, it's just, it it radically shifts too much between, like, this, like, slapsticky, humorous, you know, just, like, animal stuff or creature stuff, and then dark murder and, you know, things like that. So the second movie was that times, like, 100. It had way more jumping of... Like the tone, which again, I was like, I, is this supposed to be a kids movie, a fun movie, like a horror movie? It, it, and yeah, it, I just stopped paying attention. I was like, no, I, I can't even. And plus, it's so dark. It's like the whole movie is like on a gray palette for some reason. Yeah. That that first battle scene is really hard to watch in yeah, that one. It's, I it's remember I, even in theaters, I was like, what? the hell is happening like all i see are black shadows dashing across the screen yeah it the, the first action scene takes place in the dark in the rain in the clouds with like mostly everybody dressed in black or gray mm-hmm. and it's just like swooshing images kind of like swirling back and forth like i couldn't make sense of what was happening i mean i i know that i i, I don't have 
I didn't have an like I didn't have any hate towards it or I I didn't care for it or anything, but I knew that I was very confused after watching that that one mm-hmm. particularly. Uh, I've had Elizabeth explain it to me, <laughs> and I still think I'm confused. Um, no, yeah, it's just you a lot know of all this. The, well, it's, and here's another thing too, because like I, I I did eventually go back and watch a little bit more. I still haven't finished it. I'm like parsing it out into like 20 minute chunks just to make it like digestible. But <laughs> yeah, like J.K. Rowling basically introduces a bunch of changes to the lore with no previous like hints or warnings. Like she was pretty good about peppering in like interesting plot details in all of the books that yeah. you don't realize until the whole thing was completed. Mm-hmm. But here she's just throwing things left and right. Like what the like with no setup whatsoever. That's fair. Like yeah, I, it's, yeah, and I agree. And, and I think that's the <laughs> that's the problem with. So the books, the Harry Potter books, came out before the movies, and she was able to pepper in that stuff because you just you've got so much more time in books, mm-hmm. you you've got so much extra space, where I think she's trying to equally cram in as much information in these Fantastic Beast movies. But she's starting with the movie. Because if you just watched the Harry Potter movies and you didn't read the books, there's a lot of the lore, a lot of the world, a lot of the concepts that just get glossed over, that that don't get included in the movies because you just, you flat, you you have to cut things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I actually, John, I think your approach is probably pretty accurate. Grindelwald is probably best watched either multiple times through, which I've done, or in 20 minute chunks where you can digest the full amount of what's going on because there are a, a lot of moving parts. No doubt about it. It is very jumbled. I appreciate that there's the light and dark and that's just a, a preference thing. I think that's the difference between us, but no, you're, you're absolutely right. There is a lot crammed into these movies that doesn't feel as crammed into Harry Potter, I think because we got the books first and then the movies. So the stuff didn't have to be explained in the movies, didn't have to be added in the movies. We just kind of knew it existed in the background. Um, Whereas with all of this, she's feeling the need to shove it in there. Yeah, it seems like, uh, like if this was done as a book first, then you would have had like, the ability to kind of excise what's not necessary to make it a more streamlined movie going experience. Mm-hmm. But as it is, it's like, it, it throws way too much at you. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's so get to the movie. That, that, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was gonna say, let's get to the movie that you did watch. Yeah. Jay so and Silent so Bob instead, what I did watch was uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which I wanted to watch in theaters and I don't think it ever came out in our area. Not in Yuma. No. No, which I thought was weird because, I mean, it was the theatrical release, but it was more like a special performance, I guess. Yeah, it was his road show. He did it so that him and Jay went, you know, city to city, and they did do it in Phoenix. So it it, it played in Phoenix for a week, um, but it it's, it kind of followed him around, and then eventually he released it on VOD or and Amazon. So, which I believe you can get it on Amazon right now. Yeah, yeah, which is where I saw it. I saw it on Amazon Prime. I was kind of just going through out of boredom. And I was like, oh, that's out. Okay, cool. So I might give that a shot instead. Uh, so how, what did uh, you think? Well, I 
at first I had a really bad feeling about it. <laughs> um, it. It literally is like a reboot, rebake, and it makes fun of that fact, you know, that it's poking fun at itself as Kevin Smith is wont to do. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. At first I was like, oh no, this is, this is going to be bad. And then eventually it just kind of started growing on me a little bit, much like the actual Kevin Smith has in the past anyway. Okay. Um, so like there's some good jokes in it. I'm not going to lie. Like there's some stuff in there that I was like, oh yeah, like that's a pretty cool throwback or a reference to things. There was some cameos that I wasn't expecting. Like I knew the, 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 uh, Ben Affleck one because they made such a big deal about it, about how they had had a falling out and, through some podcast that he did, uh, some guy actually kind of got the ball rolling. It was a with, press uh, junket. Having... It was a Q and A. It was a what? I think I believe it was a press junket, a Q and A, when he asked uh, the the interviewer asked him if if Ben would be coming back, and he said, you know, I don't think so. And he said, well, have you tried talking to him? And he said, no, I haven't. And that just stuck with him, and he eventually like reached out to him through email or something like that. Yeah, and, like, I guess it rekindled their bromance, and, yeah, they keep wrote him back into the movie, and, like I said, there was a lot of really cool cameos, uh, but, uh, I don't know, there was just some parts, the humor just, I mean, Kevin Smith, I like and I hate the guy, because he's like an airy man, like, he makes you feel like you could do this kind of thing, Right. and at the same time, it also makes me think, like, man, but, like, at the same time, I would definitely have really hacky jokes like he has in this movie, too. Like, I didn't know that. And some things just go on for way too long. And I was like, okay, we get it. We know that you're, like, a quippy writer, Kevin Smith. Like, just stop bombarding us with these lame jokes and, like, actually move the plot along. Now, that's so that's, that's interesting. Like, do you feel like that's you changing as a person since... since- the early Kevin Smith, or do you feel like that's him changing as a creator since early Kevin Smith? Oh, no, that's definitely me, because Kevin Smith hasn't changed. And even he'll say it himself, that he's, like, he has had no growth whatsoever. Like, this is very much in line. Like, if this would have come out, like, like two years after Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, it would have like you wouldn't have been able to tell the difference because it literally feels like it's just the same. The same brain was put in hypersleep and was like reawakened. It's and so it's like all right, time to do the next movie. I was like, all right. He's changed so much himself. Like I don't. I wouldn't think that anyone who was a fan of Kevin Smith as a person back in the day would be a fan of Kevin Smith now as a person. It's weird. Oh, I am. I mean, I'm. I'm a, I was a fan of him back then, and I'm a fan of him now. But I, I get what you're saying. Like you've grown also. Like if you took yeah. this Kevin yeah. Smith and just introduced him to old however Kevin. old, yeah, however like whatever age Mitch was at the time, like I don't think you would have been like ah yes this guy's great. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> uh, but I mean I would say like a lot of his movies before this, so Yoga Hosers and uh, Tusk and Red State, those are all very different movies from the, the beginning of his career. Uh, his early or his late nineties early 2000 humor um yeah don't forget cop out well yeah cop out wasn't didn't he didn't write that he just directed it so i mean i get that it's still his movie and it's but it's a little different anyways i mean 
I would assume that this one, because I haven't got to see it yet, but it, I assume it, it matches up closer to the earlier stuff in his career, John? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's literally like this could have been released two years after Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, and it doesn't feel like it's missing a beat. The only really jarring thing is how much older everyone looks. <laughs> Especially Jay? I mean, Jay, like, uh, his wife, who has had cameos in some of his movies, mm-hmm. like, wow, like, she looks like she aged quite a bit. And I'm not even trying to be mean about it. I'm just, like, saying, like, wow, it's noticeable that these are not the same people they were, like, 20 years ago. And, I mean, that's how long it's been, practically. It's been about 20 years since the last one, I believe. Since Jane Silent Strikes Right Back or since uh, Clerks 2? Which one came out? Uh, oh, no, since Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back, I mean. Oh, okay. Clerks was even longer than that, I know. But Clerks Which, 2 way, came out after Jane Silent Bob. Huh? I think Clerks 2 came out after Jane Silent Bob. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I was referring between the difference between Clerks, the first Clerks and Jane Silent, uh, Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back. Okay. Uh, but that being said, uh, it did grow on me, much like the original Kevin Smith. Uh, the first one I ever watched was Dogma. And at first mm-hmm. I was like, this is like some third-rate comedy bullcrap. But it, you know, mm-hmm. actually... Once I paid attention, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. This is like satire. It's actually pretty clever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this I kind of went through the same thing with this. I was like, oh, this is that same childish toilet humor that he you know, tried to pull off. It, it was very like cartoony, I guess. It was like very slapstick and heightened reality as opposed to the more grounded work that he's done. Right. But after a while, it just kind of you just go along with it, and it's like, yeah, this isn't too bad, you know. But by the time you get to the end, that they're making a, you know, references to Marvel movies and just all these different things. It's, it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. It's this is why I I I guess I don't respect Kevin Smith as an artist. But I like him as a person. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Has anybody else got a, had a chance to watch this movie? No. No. I guess that's a no from Steven, too. No, I, I haven't watched this. No. Okay. Uh, all right, John. So you're. it sounds like you're not giving it the stamp of approval, more like if you like Kevin Smith, give it a chance. Yeah, that would be the only thing. Like, if you are not someone who grew up with Kevin Smith and liked him at some point or another, don't bother. <laughs> this is not for you. Uh, all right. Like I said, it's on uh, Amazon Prime and I believe a couple other places, probably iTunes. Steven, what did you watch this week? I didn't, I didn't watch a lot. Um, hmm. I don't know. Like, I, th- I think my week's watch is a week's listen. Oh, nice. If okay. you'll permit me to change, permit me yeah. to change it. Um, yeah. Uh, so don't, don't turn this off or anything, but there's another podcast I listened to this week. Um, so I listened to the Scrubs podcast. Was that oh, that's right. Ooh. It was very, very good. So it was great. The, I love Scrubs. Yeah, I love Scrubs too. The premise behind this is that Zach Braff and Donald Faison are going to rewatch the whole series. I assume episode I, I by episode a season at a time uh, and then take breaks in between. Cause that would be a lot of scrubs to do in one go. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know if either one of them actually do anything else right now. <laughs> that's fair. And especially right now, right now. Like yeah, and right now, right two, now, yeah. Two months ago, probably not a lot. Now, not a lot. <laughs> Definitely not a lot. Because I think the last thing I saw Donald Faison on uh, was on, uh, he was on that TV Land show called The X's. The, the game show one? Oh, no. It was a, it was a scripted show, a scripted sitcom. Where he, it, oh, it's like a, a bunch of people that just talk about their exes a lot. And okay, no, I know nothing about this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember too much about it. I never watched it. I just knew that it was a thing. Oh. And then Zach Braff, I know he's done a few things like movie wise, but like he had a TV show that I was really into afterwards because uh, I didn't watch it till after the first season had already gotten canceled. But it was on Cougar ABC. Town. No, it wasn't Cougar Town. It was on ABC, and it was called uh, Something Inc. And it was about him starting up his own his own like podcast network. And that's honestly why it caught my eye because of podcast network. Huh? It was a really I, good I, show. I, and it got canceled after season. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So the what is it called? It's called uh, real, it's, a fake it, doctor's it, real fake, fake doctor's real fr- real friends. That's right. Hmm. And what'd you yeah, think of the you, first you episode? Could, uh, but first and foremost, don't go looking for it on anything except iHeartRadio. It's only on iHeartRadio. That's it's lame. A oh. deal. Um, but yeah, no, uh, it was it was really good. They they went into a lot of like behind the scenes stuff and everything. Uh, it's very much. It's very clearly the first time they're recording this type of thing. Ah. Uh, there, there's parts where, like. Tangents happen in podcasts, and especially your first episode, you don't necessarily know the format, so on and so <laughs> forth. It's it's very loose. <laughs> but they told some great stories in there. Um, the standout one for me was them talking. Well, th- there are a lot of great things, first and foremost. But one of the funniest moments in it was that Zach Braff, I, apparently, he, he has a close friendship with Donald Faison. And he chose to make fun of uh, a bit of Donald Faison's appearance in the early seasons. Oh, uh, who who here has seen Clueless? Uh, I've seen, seen Clueless. Me? No, you never saw Clueless. So, oh, Clueless what? movie. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> Donald Faison's in there. And then, do you remember any defining characteristics about his character? He has the the mustache. Okay, he has no. braces. He has yeah, braces. he has braces. Is the one I was looking yeah. for. Uh, okay. Apparently those were fake and anything, and they gave them to him not just because of like a character trait or anything, but because he had very small teeth. Oh, so um, in the beginning of Scrubs, he apparently had these also, and like there are people who have small teeth, there are people who have big teeth, you know. Mm-hmm. But the way that Zach Braff referred to them as was his fucked up chiclet teeth. Oh, and I just that's so not so nice. Reason, I, I was sitting there on my lunch break, and that was just the funniest damn thing that he gets to say this to his friend. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think it's it's very good, and I very much look forward to when they have guests and different things like that on there. Yeah, um, I mean that's honestly it's, it's the only thing you can tell to a, say to a really close friend and not end up in fistfight, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then um, past that, there's a thing that I haven't gotten to watch yet. Um, I, I ended up getting rid of my Amazon Prime subscription because I just don't want to pay any extra money in a time when my hours are getting cut and things. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I got rid of my Amazon Prime subscription. So I don't have Amazon Prime video, which sucks because right now is one of the times when I'd really like to be watching a new series that Amazon has. And that's the series called uh, Tales from the Loop. 
Chasumi oh. is this fantastic run of paintings that has its own its own world and an, an actual tabletop RPG based in this world from an artist named Simon Stallenhog. And okay. I could not be more excited about this, but I Ooh. haven't gotten to watch it yet. It came out, I guess, technically yesterday. It came out, but it's supposed to come out today. Um, it looks very cool. Very cool. So if I can if I can go back to uh, the podcast real quick. So is it like is it an hour long? Uh, it was a little bit over an hour. Do they have correctly. the episode playing in the background? Like, do you hear parts of the? No. Okay. They, they actually just um, they re, they rewatch the episode each of them individually, and then they just kind of riff and talk about it. It was more like um, each of them wrote a couple notes down, maybe, and talked about those things. Zach Braff definitely had an, a list of things. I don't think Donald Faison did. <laughs> but it's it's very loose. They don't break it down in order or anything. It's mostly <laughs> listening to anecdotes between friends, which I'm kind of here for. Okay, that's fair. That, yeah, and you get to hear some back behind the scenes stuff about the about the episode. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is on iHeartRadio and Tales from the Loop is on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, Jessica, what did yes. you watch this week? So many things. Um, <laughs> what was on Disney Prime or D- Disney Prime Disney Plus this week for you? <laughs> um, well, in the background, I was watching a lot of like nature documentaries while I was doing training. But the show I actually want to talk about is also a Disney Plus show. Surprise! Um, I finished Star Wars Clone Wars. Kind of, I'm all caught up on Clone Wars because they do still have season seven going on Disney Plus, and so I decided I would start Star Wars Rebels which is the show that takes place 15 years after the Empire took over. And it's about basically the early beginnings of the actual rebellion. Um, And it's also um, the main character is a 15-year-old kid who was born on the day that the Empire took over um, named Ezra. And he sort of runs into these rebels. He's basically a street rat turned rebel so he really is like prince aladdin becoming a jedi <laughs> so which i just, absolutely love as i say this um, just hit on for you in so many different places then. yes oh yes i know um, <laughs> um and i just i really like it and you know just like clone wars i think i might like, like this one a little bit more than clone wars because it's a bit more fast paced it really kind of throws you into it whereas clone wars really has a lot of filler episodes that you don't really need to watch if you like don't really want to delve into star wars um but rebels definitely has a faster pace it's easier to follow um you really like the characters pretty much right as you meet them too you don't like there's some characters in clone wars that you're like i don't care about you when you first meet them and then later on you're like oh you've grown but but it's it's really good and it's really interesting and there are episodes that have people that you know like there is Darth Vader does come on it in his utterly terrifying, like, Rogue One Darth Vader self. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, you and Leia was on an episode I just watched recently, too. A young 15-year-old Leia just helping the Rebellion and trying to protect her planet at the same time. It's, it's great. It's excellent. It's everything. I love it. <laughs> oh, and then more importantly... Um, Ezra eventually makes his own lightsaber, but he also turns it into a stun gun at the same time. And that's like the best, most genius thing ever. That's cool. So (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it's fine. So, I mean, I honestly, as everybody knows, I don't really understand Star Wars all that well, especially timeline stuff now. When does this take place? 15 years after the Empire took over. So, like, two, three years before Luke Skywalker. Okay. Okay. So, it's so, really the yeah, like start you said, of Rogue the Rebellion. One stuff. Yeah, like Literally. a couple years before Rogue One. Just before Rogue One. Is this the one with Freddie Prince Jr. in it? Yes, Freddie Prince Jr. plays Kanan or Cannon or something like that. And he's a Jedi that didn't finish his training, but he survived the Order 66. And so he becomes Ezra's master, but he never really quite finished his training himself. So there's that dynamic too. <laughs> now, does it have any connections to anything else like video game wise or movies? Um, it does kind of have a connection to the Mandalorian. Oh, but doesn't the Mandalorian um, take a, place after episode it, six? It does, yeah. Um, but um, there's a character in it, Sabine, who's a Mandalorian, and she is going to eventually get that one lightsaber that you see at the end of the oh, of the show, the Mandalorian. Yes, yeah, the okay. black saber. So that's eventually going to come into play. Okay, and then um, Han Solo. The, the movie is probably also um, maybe around-ish the same time because I know Darth Maul is going to be in the show too. Also voiced by Sam Witwer who voiced him in Solo, I assume. I think so, yes. yeah. Okay, yeah, because I know he's a big part of like Star Wars lore now. Not Ma- Maul, but Sam Witwer. Like, he's, he's the voice of Starkiller? Is that his name in the video game? Yes. Yeah. I think. And then, and then he also Darth Maul, and I think he's someone else too at some other point. I feel like we broke John because he's not. He's not talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I haven't watched all of Rebels or or the Clone Wars, so uh, even though I'm a Star Wars guy, like I, this isn't really an area I have much authority in. There you go. Fair enough. Ooh. <laughs> I'm gonna learn more than John <laughs> about this one piece. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, does this is this the show that has that one character that a lot of people want the the blue skinned character that's like Thrall? Is that his name? Thrawn. Thrawn. Okay. Is he on this show or is it, was he on Clone Wars? I think other no, Clone he, Wars. Yeah. No, he does make an appearance in Rebel. Wait, actually, I take that back. I don't think I, I haven't seen him yet, but I'm only on like. I'm only halfway through season two, so. Okay, well, this is like a, once again, people. I don't. I don't know anything about Star Wars, so. <laughs> in, in other Disney Plus stuff, though, not just uh, Star Wars. They, I guess, they announced that Artemis Fowl is going to premiere on there. Yep, dude. Yes, it's not even Artemis Fowl. Thank God they're just putting it on Disney. <laughs> right? So done with that movie. <laughs> Honestly, this is almost like a best case scenario. Like the movie got delayed forever, and just just yeah. let it die. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm still going to end up watching it, but like, yeah. I'm glad I'm not paying to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but I so badly wanted it to be good. <laughs> oh, God, I loved Artemis Fowl when I was in middle school. Right, listen, you, you, you and Colfer's provided other books and everything. <laughs> you, just, just live in those. It's okay. I was in love with Artemis Fowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so was there another thing that you watched, Jess, or was it just uh, Rebels that you wanted to talk about? 
I watched this really cool penguin doc documentary. Um, kind of watched it today while I was doing a bunch of trainings online. Um, it was through Disney Nature. It was Penguin's Life on the Edge, I think. And it was actually about the camera crew, crew trying to take film of the penguins, which to me was really fascinating because you have to go to, you know, Antarctica to film it. So it's a lot of nature being horrible and the penguins go missing and you just miss that perfect shot. So it was really cool to watch how the camera crew did it. And I think it they do have also the actual documentary called, I think the documentary is just called Penguins that they film within it. So you can watch like sort of a behind the scenes of it. And that was a cool documentary. Very cool. So the documentary is about the documentary crew of the other documentary. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm dating myself too much, but there is. they did have the revival show of Mad About You uh, recently on NBC. But is anybody... Yes. The original run of Mad About You had Paul Reiser's character, Paul Buckman, doing a documentary on the making of the making of the Titanic like movie. So... So I, I, when, when I, when you tweeted out about that or talked about it, uh, Jess, I, that's the first thing that popped in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I'm a documentary dressed up as a documentary, pretend to be another documentary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so both of those are on available on uh, Disney Plus at the moment. Yes. Uh, okay, I guess it's me. It is you. So one of my favorite shows that I found, <laughs> like two years ago on netflix is a canadian show called kim's convenience it hurts it, it's so good it's a sitcom show it's about this um uh, korean family with a mother and father you know came from uh south korea uh migrated to canada toronto specifically had two kids the two kids are adults um they both are out of the house but they're both very much involved in the the mother and father's life still and they own a convenience store and it is the most hilarious thing. I might find it a little bit more hilarious because I have Asian an Asian mother, so I see a lot of the similarities. But uh, I thought the fourth season just came out today, as a, as a, as of our recording, and uh, getting to catch up with these characters was was hilarious. Uh, the son is played by Simu Lu, and or Simu Lin, and he he's gonna he's gonna have all those rings. That's right. He's going to be. He is Shang Chi in the Shang Chi movie for Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Obviously, at the moment they are not uh, filming anymore because of uh, quarantine reasons. And they did just announce. Uh, Marvel just announced. Marvel Studios just announced today that the Black Widow movie will be taking over the Eternal spot, and the Eternals will take over Shang Chi spot, and everything is being moved back one spot uh, on their their slate of movies. So. Does that mean that everyone who got insane jacked for their movies that they were shooting has to just prolong that process now? Yes. Yes. <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, like, look at Chris Pratt. He got insane jacked for being Star-Lord. He hasn't really dropped it, so. He's dropped it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he was one sandwich away from being. <laughs> uh, like, it, it, like no one's walking around just like at they're not at like weigh in weights you know right but you know the way those movies are shot i wouldn't doubt it if most of them were going to be coming back for other movies that they had to stay in relatively good shape to be in you know in like 
I, I assume we're talking about Kamal Nanjani for the most part here. I mean, yeah. Have you seen the man? <laughs> yes, I have seen yes. the pictures. I was a doubter at first, and you all showed me that I was wrong. <laughs> Someone screen capped Jess's reaction there. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I, I assume that he would have been in a movie for the Marvel Cinematic Universe right after that that he would have to film for, too. So, I mean, he had to stay that fit for his role in Men in Black also. No, he really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he, had to, he, had to stay, he had to stay miniature. Um, but yes, Kim's Convenience, It I think it's hilarious. It, it, it very much goes through the comedy of uh, it's so awkward, it's funny. So if you can't stand that type of humor which would be me which would be elizabeth <laughs> you might not want to watch it but it's it's i think it's hilarious there I think is, it's, it's very funny there is so much agree in the show it was it is actually very good but it, binging it all day today while we were working was just i yeah too much agree for me <laughs> handle I feel it. Like there's a good episode in the one where they the dad gets the mom to make food for the the whole group of people and that food did not turn out great because they use like expired stuff. <laughs> so that was like in an earlier season and Elizabeth did not watch that yet. I made her jump straight to season four. Yep. But uh, oh, okay. yes, that is a that is a good episode. There, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, great and there was a lot of great episodes in this season, too. So uh, I, I'm glad to hear that Stephen watched it already before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anybody else get a chance to watch Kim's Convenience uh, previous seasons? No. No. Okay, that's fair. Everybody should go watch it, though. It is a, it's a very funny show. Uh, it is on Netflix, uh, and uh, that is my week's watch. So uh, let's get right into... Let's do Vagrant Queen first. Wait, wait let, let's get right into... What's the time index right now, Mitch? Yeah, we're at 48 minutes. Okay. <laughs> let's just jump right into it, guys. <laughs> so we all like to talk. So there. <laughs> I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything bad. All right. We all wait, might wait. be a bit starved for... Yes. Interaction. Interaction. Interaction <laughs> over a screen. Yeah, this is the only time during the week I talk to anyone else other than my daughter. And your yeah. work. And Mr. Duck. Oh. Aww. Aww. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Ducky's gone now. <laughs> sounds like, that, sounds like <laughs> that's what you tell her when he dies. <laughs> He's gone now. Did, did you take him to the farm? <laughs> <laughs> He's got to live with the other ducks. So that's a little bit of, uh, be, you know, behind the, the scenes, scenes for everybody. Yeah, behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk to to john on twitter if you want to know more about that story or sign up for our patreon i guess no not actually, really actually it's, it's it's been oh, mostly yeah. on it's been on instagram oh there you go it's been on instagram uh okay so on vagrant queen first episode has anybody checked out the comic book that this is based off of it is a vault comic book i did yeah. i had to Ooh. after the fact you did after the fact okay that's yeah. interesting uh it, were you gonna say jess no oh. nothing is it is it is it like the the show? I think the show's doing it a lot of favors. Ooh, really? Oh, okay. Really? So after watching this first episode, and I'm pretty sure Steven's the only one's going to get this. Maybe John, and maybe Jess. I don't know. Jess might have read read it before, but I think that this is really trying to be saga in a way. Yeah. But not pulling it off at all. 
that's what I was going to say. <laughs> okay. I appreciate that you didn't even throw in the possibility that I would have any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Do you? I'm not a clue. Yeah, I didn't think so. As, as a person who reads a lot of comics, I don't fucking read songs. <laughs> There's too, there's too damn much. There's a lot of saga, but it is good. I'll give you. I'll, That's what I hear. It is yeah. damn good. I thought about reading saga because it seems like my thing, but then I saw how many volumes there were, and I went, mm, I don't have time. You yeah. will if you get that first that first uh, omnibus. Like you'll go through it quick. It, it's it's a really good read. Uh, after yeah. that, I don't know. I can't. I couldn't tell you, but. There, there was another comic that this re- reminded me of. Um, it's a Stuart Eminem property. Um, well, Stuart Eminem, I think he wrote it, but he did it with the guy who did Star Wars comic art. Oh, um, but that feels like, like this feels like that, but not as good. And that one comic by itself, um, like I, I forget what it's called right now, and it's it's killing me, but. The that one comic was a self-contained thing by itself, um, and that one comic it was it was great. It was a full arc. They traveled across the universe, did all of their whole things, like like everything that they could do with trying to get away with royalty. And then I watched this, and it just doesn't feel as good. No, no. So the first episode is called "The Royal Ass Kicking." Uh, Essentially, we are introduced to the main character of Alita, and uh, we've come to find out that she is the the rightful queen to something. To the monarchy of the galaxy that's not ours. Okay. And we saw her mother die on the ship when she was eight years younger. Now she's just a scavenger. Like, it's got all the parts of things that you would really want to see, I would think, in this type of show story yeah but i really just don't care for her character like i don't care for any of these characters like yeah they're none i mean it's only the first episode but none of them are particularly written well i think and Mm. and i think for a show like this you really need to dive heavy into character issues so that people care whether or not anybody dies yeah i I got the name it's called impress Impress. That's the name of the galaxy that she's supposed to be the. Oh no, that's no, the comic book comic, that you were talking the, about. The comic, the, the Stuart Eminem. Okay. And it's the same things, except Impress has more character development. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, one of the th- issues I had uh, starting right off because this starts off with a very mundane action scene where she has to take on two other um, bounty or scavengers. I'm sorry, not bounty hunters. The the scavengers, I, yeah, yeah. The the I feel like they wanted to make a big point of the fact that hey, we're using practical effects for makeup for these alien characters. Yeah, I agree. And, and then they didn't even do practical effects for when they get shot. Yeah, they don't do. They, yeah, that's the only CGI in this. But I feel like the practical makeup look makes it look like, especially the around the mouse, it looks like old school stuff, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the nineties, like. It nothing <laughs> is moving except for the the actual actor's lips inside of the mouth, and it just looks bad. <laughs> yeah. At least that's how I felt. I didn't no. get that wound up in it. I just this there wasn't there wasn't much to this episode. No, and I don't feel like there's much to this storyline. I agree. Yeah. Like 
I just, I don't see where they go that's going to really be interesting. I think that they're just going to be, like, universe traipsing. I think that's all it is. Yeah. It's it's sliders, it's Guardians of the Galaxy, all of those things. And they just bounce across this universe. But the problem with that is that they don't give you a reason to care to go along with them. Yeah. The, the point for anything where they're just doing a bunch of crazy stuff and like, oh, they go to this world, but on this world, like, everyone's butts with their faces. And this one guy <laughs> makes a joke about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. You have to care about the jokes the person makes about the butt faces. And I don't give a shit if any of them make jokes about butt faces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you mean, our band of characters, so to speak, at by the end of the episode is... Three. A, is three, yeah. <laughs> it's a engineer who is into women. I mean, I, I don't feel like... I. There's not much else we know about that character. She's, She's got EL wire on her backpack straps. There you go. She has EL <laughs> wire on her backpack. Quite honestly, of our three... She's the only one that's... Only one that's a decent person. Yeah, she's yeah. the only decent <laughs> yeah. person, but she's she's so, like, non-character. Like, there's yeah. nothing going on with her. She... She, she Other felt, than that, she's a lesbian. That's like the only yeah, thing that exactly and she's th- unique because she's a lesbian. <laughs> and then so I didn't. I don't know if they were trying to make it that she's falling in love with our main character. Does the main character have any feelings back towards her? Does the main character asexual? Like, and then there's this other guy that she has history with, and they keep spouting off things about like who sold her out uh, and shot her. Yeah, like which there, is an abusive relationship in my opinion. There's but, things that know. happen that we have no idea about and and He's they stole married. they went back and forth with their their vehicle like it's the Han Solo Lando Calrissian thing, right? Like yeah. He was he's such a Han Solo thing. He he's it seems like he's supposed to be Han Solo but he feels more like Barf from Spaceballs. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, I, I really feel like he's trying to pull off a Ryan Reynolds kind of character, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. Just, yeah, everything is just sarcasm with him. And, you know, and that he's doesn't just not as good at it. Well, and it just doesn't play off with a lot. Like it's there's only certain people they do it. Ryan Reynolds is one of them that pulls it off. It's like like Sam Kinison and Dennis Leary pull off angry comedian. Like most people can't pull <laughs> off angry comedian. Uh, so, yeah, that's I mean. I, I wish there was more for us to go into. Like the the main bad guy, the main antagonist, is so much a cartoon character that I just could not yeah. like do anything with him in my mind. Like I don't think I don't think of him as, as menacing. Yes, he killed a bunch of people, but I don't care. And it was a lot yeah. of faceless people. Like Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand what happened with the bartender at the end, like the the brother to the engineer, the mechanic, like he just stayed on that planet and where he just got beat to almost half to death by yeah. the Republic. And he didn't even look like he got hurt. It looked like they took a handful of soot and like, yeah, his face. it wasn't good. I think it's implied he they burned his face. It with still the knife looked like thing. it. He's yes. still handsome. He's Look still handsome. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but yeah, basically, like the entire the entire first episode can be summed up in very few sentences. We find out she is supposed to be queen. She but doesn't want it. But she doesn't want it. There yeah. are there's a colony of people who want her to take it over. She meets a ragtag group of people that are somewhat related. Our big bad guy comes to the station station she's at tortures a bunch of people kills a bunch of people they escape on the ship yeah that's i mean that's the entire episode yeah done. except like the only thing that that was like 
that stuck out for me was in the beginning. I really liked, uh, I forget his name, the little little character. Nimi or Mini or... Nymph? No. The dog-looking character. The what? The dog-looking character? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I want to say it's like Nim. That sounds right. Nim, I think, is the name. Uh, Let me... I got it up right. Yeah, Nim. I I liked him for all of, like, a minute, and then I got real tired real fast. Yeah. I liked the joke where they had... They they pointed out that she didn't change her her name a whole lot from her royal name. Yeah. (laughs) That was a good one. It was a good way for her to hide. Yeah. But, like... There's just so little going on. Yeah. It was it was just so drug out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it it then like the the little jokes of like at the very end the la- the last thing was the ship is kind of like sputtering off as you see the exhaust as if it was a backfire on a uh, on a muffler and a car kind of thing. Like I didn't get mm-hmm. that. Like I know that I might be judging it off of other sci-fi space stuff like you don't see that kind of thing but like i think there's a reason why we don't see that in other space things you don't see exhaust smoke coming out of a a non-muffler um i I watched titan ae man that was like half the ship's there that's that's also (laughs) true now i i dropped a thing in the chat here because i i don't want to knock a person's art or anything but this is what I meant about the co- the show doing a lot of favors for the series. Oh, you're right. Oh. oh. But it also gives me hope for ever making a comic of my own. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Somebody if, will do it if better. If this comic can, can go over great and get sold, mine can too. <laughs> so especially what you're showing us here is one of the big twists of the first episode. Definitely something that they wanted to catch you with so that you keep coming back. It's the fact that the the friend, not friend, or I guess frenemy of hers, uh, says that her mother is still alive and Mm -hmm. she's been on her own for eight years thinking her mother's dead. And now that her mother might be alive, she takes him along with her. And that's the, that's the big mystery of the, of the mystery box that we're supposed to be hooked with. Is anybody care? No, No, not at all. No, not right. No, I, because honestly, I I don't even feel like he's being honest. I don't think that it's true that his her mother's alive. So I I don't. The only thing that gives credence to me is the fact that Nim's. We see at the end that Nim's body is still moving, and the look that the big bad guy gives looks like, oh look, another one I can kidnap and take. Yeah, someone else. I mean, because it, it really made me think that the the pilot of this episode this pilot episode was was shown to test audiences and test audiences were upset that nim died so that was like added in at the very end to be like mm. we need to bring him back mm. kind yeah. of thing well i mean again like our main character not particularly redeeming yeah like she's yeah. not somebody you like no. at all she's like, she's a trope that's overused that whole like i have power but i don't want it so i'm just going to be mean about it well see that but that's the thing is is like i would be fine with the whole trope of well i have power but i don't want to be queen like because i feel scorned about it but she's downright mean and abusive to those who are still loyal to the crown and that's the part i but we're supposed to see her as a good guy because she's truly loyal she may be a lot of things but she's loyal and she'll go back for your brother and she'll care 
But I'm like, but at the same time, she has no problem just abusing and being really nasty to people mm-hmm. who, I mean, for whatever their reasons are, care about her. Yeah. So I was thinking about this myself while I was watching the episode. And I, I think I think it's worth bringing up. Does, would it have mattered if this was a male character? Would this have been Captain Mal Reynolds from Firefly? Would it have been Han Solo? Would the, is it the lovable, you know, uh, scruffy nerf herder, so to speak? Is it the... If played I, the same way, no. If played more along those lines, maybe. Because none of those characters were particularly mean to somebody even if they didn't agree with them even if they were kind of blowing them off i mean mal doesn't is usually mean to to jane (laughs) yeah i I don't think that type gets to go over well anymore okay the last time the last time that i really think of anyone doing it in a way that was like new not fresh i mean new just more Mm -hmm. recent um is like that Firefly, um, and even that was a while ago at this point, you know. Yeah. yeah. Look, look at the last time someone even tried to do Han Solo, and they just use a different actor. Yeah. Like he got shit on. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think the character flies anymore. I mean, even even old Han Solo in the new trilogy had to change. He had to yeah. be a different type of the character. I mean, it makes sense since he should be grow, but it mm-hmm. just it. I, I, to me, I was just wondering. I was just wondering if it's a thing that yeah, I needed I'm, to adjust in my own head. But I'm, I'm glad to know that everybody else did not like her character too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, for me, it's, it's not a... Because, like, I would agree with you in terms of the how we see her not wanting her power mm-hmm. and not wanting her authority. Like, anybody who's like, oh, well, she can't get away with that. Okay, but a male character could get still away with that. But the whole just being mean, I think... Well, with the with that trope, I kind of sort of rewatched something recently that has the same trope of somebody who can have power but doesn't want it, and that was Aquaman. Mm, fair. He's nice about yeah. it. Yeah. He is he very nice. He openly thinks he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. You know, so, and that's sort of the male version I could think of to compare it to and how she's not quite there, but she also, like, she's really full of herself at the same time. Mm. And I think... That's what's not quite right is somebody who's so utterly full of themselves and so selfish in a way is that mean towards their loyal subjects. I get not wanting the crown, especially after losing your mother in the way and being afraid of it, I guess. But it could be it's just not coming across as well on this first episode. Maybe if we delve further into it, her fears of the crown might be more obvious, but that just comes across as her being overly mean. There was one question that I had about this one. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys have anything else to like add after the bit, but what, what did you, how did you guys watch this? I, I, I had, I have, I watched it off my DVR. So I watched it as it, as it aired, but later, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, both, both of you guys watched it that way. Uh, no, I actually ended up having to pay for the first episode on Amazon because I forgot to record the first episode and they never repeat their episodes on sci-fi. So it's free on, it's free on YouTube. Oh, no, I don't. It's with subscription to YouTube TV. I don't have YouTube TV. I think that's what it said. Well, I ended up, we'll find somebody got my $2 who gives a crap, but that's fine. I was just like, no, your $2. 
Um, <laughs> I'm sure you could have went to sci-fi.com too. That's true. Uh, John, how did you yeah, watch this? So it wasn't there either. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I I didn't know where it was streaming, and apparently I found out yesterday I don't have sci-fi. So I did a mad scramble, and I was about to pay like two dollars to watch it on YouTube, or uh, I think if you get a free YouTube TV like for seven days, oh. you would have access to it there. Uh, but then I found out, oh, it's just streaming on sci-fi. You just have to watch it with commercials. So it's like, okay, screw it. I'll just do that. Okay. Yeah, my and I'm streaming glad doesn't work on my TV, so. Fair. I, I was just curious if anyone had watched it over that, like, having it on YouTube, where it seemed like, on my end, it was just streaming for the first episode. Because so many shows do put their first episode entirely on YouTube, okay. um, which I think is a great idea. But I was just curious if that was the case, if anyone would have by any stretch decided to watch the rest of the series on like appointment viewing or any kind of going out of your way to watch it after this first episode, if we weren't doing it for this, if I wasn't no. doing it for this, I would not have watched Probably it. Probably not. No. no, I would give it one more episode. Okay. John. Nope. Not at all. I don't care about this show. Don't care about the characters. It's not, it, it didn't do anything for me. The most exciting thing about the whole show was when I heard one of the soldiers talking, like the faceless soldiers, and it kind of sort of sounded like the voice actor of Master Chief. Oh, okay. Ah. <laughs> and I looked them up, and it wasn't him, so that immediately brought my interest back down again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, because I, I was just curious. Like, I don't think this show has more than one season in, in it. If it's not mm-hmm. something that sci-fi is trying to hang their hat on. Well, we have nine more episodes to go. <laughs> <laughs> With any luck, Stephen, your prediction is correct. And this is a pilot episode that does not reflect the rest of the this season. The season. Yeah, that's, that's why I would give it one more episode. Because like, I do feel like even though there's the tropes, like... I have no idea what you would do to make it more interesting, but I feel like there's got to be something like you could do more character oh, development. Oh, you, you could do. You really could. I I, so. I think like we were saying earlier is that I think the overarching story is going to be her finding her mother, but the every individual episode is going to be like, oh, no, we got stuck on this planet. We needed. Oh, we're going to help out these people like kind of thing. Or, you know, we, oh, to get to the next planet, we have to do a job kind of. Th- it's, it's always going to have an, a, a, a procedural kind of feel within each episode. But in the overarching, let's find my mother story. Okay. Yeah. Is it going to run into the same issues then that at least you had, Mitch, with the Mandalorian and quote unquote filler episodes? Yes. Where things yeah. aren't going Hard. to mm-hmm. yeah. okay. Most definitely. Uh I think I think you'll find I, I think if anybody who's listening to this that also watched other sci-fi cho- shows, it's going to be a lot like Killjoys, where in Killjoys had a very much more um had much more likable characters. And a, mm-hmm. a better mystery. This one does not, but it's going to be a lot like that. Um, okay. So, I, I yeah, I think we're all kind of in, in agreement at this point of the yeah. show not being so great. I, everyone just go read Empress. <laughs> <laughs> it, that was a really good comic. And anyone who likes Star Wars in any way, shape, or form was itching for more Star Wars or anything like that. Star, Empress is really good. And does anybody know anything about other Vault comics? 
Yeah, actually, it, it was a name that I kept that I keep seeing all the time right now. They they honestly kind of stick to publishing this kind of comic that has almost this look. Really? Yeah, it's really fucking weird. I is think it, they also did what is it a uh, Copra or something? I forget what the name of it is. Um, is it they, is it creator owned? Few series. Was it? Is it creator owned? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like they they have some comics that are good, but. A lot of them are things where it's like they have fantastic cover design and they always get my attention with the covers. And then I go to open up the book and then I, I stop caring immediately. Uh, it's probably usually a different artist comes in just, just to do a cover, though. Yeah. And, and whoever's the one doing any of their their logo designs, they, they are like absolutely knocking it out of the park. I All of their logo work, their graphic design work is beautiful. Hats off to them on that. Like vet some properties a little bit harder because I I've I've bought a couple just based off the strength of the covers because damn I love me some covers <laughs> and I've never gotten past like issue two or three with any of them. Fair, okay, uh, all right, folks. That's Vagrant Queen. Let's talk about Russian. Do- I won't say let's jump into since we're going at one. <laughs> let's just jump right twelve into it. now. Uh, yes, let's talk about Russian Doll episode three. Um, yes of season one this is called a warm body um mm. which is morbid it's, it's morbid but it's also <laughs> said later in the episode it's true it's it's a yeah. twofer it's a it's twofer, a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's my requirement for dating oh no i think warm body. warm body as long as it's warm i mean that's a good requirement <laughs> i mean i'm flexible on it though but yikes Wait, do, do, do you think that's one of their requirements but um bum. Okay, so uh, I, like I was saying, and uh, what Jess was actually saying earlier was that you know this at, at this point in this episode I, or at this point in the season, I was kind of falling out. The, the interest in this episode or this the show was was leaving for me um, until the end. Uh, yeah, I, I remembered why I stopped watching at this episode <laughs> and moved on to other things. So I mean, not, not yeah. yeah, not to not to shit on the show or anything, Steven. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, I, but I still uh, like it. But. Yeah, it's it's still good. It's just it was it was losing like it was it wasn't having any traction for me. Like it wasn't moving f- enough. Yeah, no. Initially in this episode, I don't think that they were they they weren't putting on any layers. Basically, uh, up up until this point, they've set up like four or five things that she thought it was. Mm-hmm. And then this episode delves into one that was one of the first ones that you would have thought about, you know, the uh, fact that it was the the school, the, the yeah, it's a, it's a Jewish mysticism thing. Yeah, and so they they kind of like push you into that one finally, and then for some people they're probably like, ah, oh, finally we're looking into this kind of thing, and then for other people they were like, oh god, finally we're looking into this kind of thing. <laughs> uh, and definitely like, in the second category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it had been a lot. You know, um, and specifically the the elements of like Jewish culture, I think, have been a thing that have been pointed at a lot throughout the series up to this point. I do have to say, I appreciated. Um, I can't remember which character looked at her and he said, "Well, when she asked them to read the Hebrew that's on the on the side of the building, they're like, well, 'Well, you're Jewishy,' <laughs> and she's like, 'Not by choice.' <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that." Again, that was one of those things that just kind of spoke to me. <laughs> I was like, yes, okay, I, yes, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, 
So I did really appreciate that. And I was glad that we kind that the show kind of delved into that. I was much more interested in the whole she tries to correct the death after she freezes to death with yeah. um horse horse mm-hmm. and she tries to solve it by solving his death which i thought was an interesting leap to make and that Agreed. obviously didn't work but no <laughs> I, I i thought this episode had some of the best acting of the earlier part of the series uh, there's a part where, um, obviously, in this episode, we get to have a lot of discussion between her and her ex. Right. We learn a lot about them. Um, and I, I, I thought all of the exchanges between the two of them were a pretty honest presentation of people who are mature adults who have had other um, relationships before. And they're kind of like at the end of their rope a little bit for relationship stuff. I, th- I think most of us have been to a, in a point where we're like, eh, I mean, maybe I'm just not with somebody. And then you talk to an ex in one way or another and you have a couple thoughts, you know? Yeah. I thought they did a really good job of it. And there's a part in there where he says something to Nadia um, after a lot of the rest of the episode has happened where he, he says that something that the, I forget the, what's, what was the, the guy's title? The rabbi? Yeah, thank you. Because yeah. I couldn't remember rabbi. But <laughs> <laughs> um, were to forget. But yeah, she she's trying to get out of him consistently what the rabbi said to him, to him. And in a moment of conflict, he says that the guy had been telling me that I'm using you to distract me from the abyss. But you are the abyss. And you are the abyss. It's, it's a constant theme throughout the series that she's kind of looked at this way by people and wants nothing more than to not be that. And... There's this part right before he walks past her and you see this expression on her face where she's essentially going to break because she's yeah. already been through all of these other things oh, where yeah. she's being faced with who she is as a person. And I thought that was fantastic, along with the acting of the guy who played the homeless person. Like th- those, the, Both of those roles were mm-hmm. wonderfully portrayed. Well, and to tie it back to the, the whole discussion in Vagrant Queen about the whole being mean to people... A female character being mean. Mm -hmm. To me, the difference is in in this one, the mean lashing out feels very much a reaction to fear, a reaction to guilt, a reaction to those kinds of other emotions. And this is a cover, which is normally what you see in male characters who are mean. You get the sense that it is a cover for something else. Whereas the actress in Vagrant Queen doesn't portray the underlying emotions, if there are any, where in Russian Doll she does. Mm-hmm. Like she lashes out at him. She says some awful things. She says some awful things to those in the in the synagogue. And but you get the definite feeling that it is a lashing out due to other underlying emotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so to Stephen's point, that's what makes the acting so good is you can mm-hmm. see the layers on the screen. You just don't yeah. see the expressed emotion. You see where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I, I want... Do you guys think that if she didn't have other life things going on before all of this crazy stuff happened, 
I feel like she might still have stayed in that homeless shelter to watch that dude's shoes for him, even before everything else. Like, she just is an odd character, and I think she still might have done that before. If Horace had come out, have just met her on the street and said, hey, I need someone to, to watch my shoes for her, I don't think she would have. Because I, I think she definitely needs the context of, like, I met this dude, he told me that someone steals his shoes every night, like, and 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 she had a connection with him for her to do that the next night, if that makes sense. See, and I, I think for me, it's the fact that she had to see that he died because of it. I think she needed to see the effect, the cause and effect relationship. I'm with you. I don't think she would have just off the streets because he said he needed to. But if she knows that he dies because somebody steals his shoes two nights before, then yes. Right. Because I think she is constantly running from the effects of life. Okay. I'll take that. John, do you think she would have? Okay. I have a question for the ladies of the group. Go for it. Mm -hmm. How drunk would you have to be before you let a homeless man cut your hair? Oh, oh, I like there is not drunk enough. <laughs> like Lammered. Like honestly, because her statement, though said very off the cuff, is exactly what I was thinking the entire time she approached him, which is, oh, you're gonna kill me now. Because if somebody if some home if, quite honestly, if any person random on the street, I haven't walked into your salon or barber shop, says, I wanna cut your hair. I'm convinced they want to rape and murder me. Like, that's just, that's what they want to do. Like, that's what that is. That's crazy. (laughs) I mean, if you knew that dying only meant you had to restart the day, would would you still be worried about it? Yes. That's that's where she's at. She's (laughs) she's like, if you kill me, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, see, but I think, I think that's the thing is, is I think that's why, like, so it's not a matter of how drunk is she. Right. It's a matter of, she knows that she just gets a redo. Mm. And, and I think that's the level of which is honestly what she was what she was looking for that night because she'd already told off uh, John. John, yeah, he, she'd already been like, yeah, sure, we're gonna be together forever until I die, kind of thing. It doesn't matter. So she's ready to die for this time around. <laughs> yeah, except then she does point out the fact that freezing to death really is a dark way to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was curious. Did did you guys? Did the fact that we saw John tell her all these things about what he wanted for his relationship with her um, going forward, like to rekindle the relationship and everything, and then seeing the earnestness of him trying to reach out to her and ask if she's at the birthday party after the fact, did that do anything for you guys in any way? Or were you just kind of like, eh? I think it... Oh, go ahead, John. I resonated. (laughs) I resonated with this episode. Same. With... John or with Nadia? Uh, Both? More with John. (laughs) With my namesake. (laughs) Um, Something that struck me really close to like, holy shit, am I being attacked right now? (laughs) uh, At me next time. Yeah. (laughs) Is when uh, Nadia calls him up and gives him a very indecent transactional Mm -hmm. like bargain. Yeah. I was like, hey, if you come do this for me, I'll do this for you. And uh, I was like, oh. So, like, 
that does happen in the real world. <laughs> I mean, this is still just a TV show, John. <laughs> yeah. No, sure really hard, hard, man. Well, except she also <laughs> did say, she did point out the fact that she would perform that act anyway, but this makes it more transactional. Yeah, and that's what I was like, oh, that just makes it feel ugly. <laughs> yeah. And I was... Uh, Go ahead. And, oh, yeah, it's just, there were some really good, uh, not just character moments, but like relationship moments between those two, because you get a sense of the history and how, uh, you know, their dynamic was, because she says a lot of things about their relationship, especially of uh, like... Oh, you know, you're not a Jew, but you have sex like one. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but like, <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> well, John um, says he didn't know if that meant anything either. He didn't yeah. know what that meant. See, but yeah. <laughs> so like there in terms of their relationship, it was very much a roller coaster for me because I was really upset with the way Nadia treated him up until the point that his and I was with her on this one, his best argument for them getting back together was <laughs> they couldn't do any better than each other anyway. And I was just yeah. like, that's not a reason to be in a relationship. Like, mm-hmm. Again, I feel like I'm being attacked by this episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I've, I've been kind of in the place where he was, like in that one, after a few relationships and everything, I'm just kind of like looking around at people I have like, mild friendships with that are new so they haven't been categorized yet and i'm just like oh good i don't know if we'll necessarily work but like maybe like I, i've been in that spot before and i don't even feel like i should be like i don't i don't feel like i'm like lowering myself or anything but no after like a certain kind of like shitty relationship you do that i think i mean and i i get that to a certain extent but he made it sound like a not not in terms of like let's give it a shot and see where this goes because that i get but the just resigning himself to like, well, I, I need to be in a relationship and I don't like you, but eh, it'll work. Yeah. And I don't really think you I can think do I, any better. I mean, I think at this point it was more, I don't like you at the moment. Like he obviously has feelings for her. He left his wife, his family for her. Like they have an off and on relationship. He keeps coming back. He likes her a lot, if not loves her. At this moment, she's pissed him off. Except this was before they started getting into the fight. This was just after they were laying in bed. But she immediately got out of bed. Like, she, she is, is like right after she had gotten out. Because she's like, all right, I'm done with you kind of thing. Yeah, That's she did I, show that it was very transactional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah I, I just feel it was him striking out. At the beginning out. of the episode, she was upset because he had covered her with his coat, I guess. Yeah. yeah as, she hates acts of chivalry. Yeah, as Lizzie or Maxine, one of the two had, had pointed out that we forget that you get upset by acts of chivalry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess we get to the point. I didn't know that the shel- that homeless shelters were at the bottom of bigger buildings like that. <laughs> uh but as we come to find out, as she gets on the elevator, uh, or the elevator at the homeless shelter, she meets another person that also is in the same situation as her, maybe? Yeah. I mean, that's the Possibly. implication. 
so, I die all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that oh, that actor is Charlie Barnett. Uh, anybody who's watched Chicago Fire knows him from the first three seasons of that. He's also been on uh, Arrow as of the last season. He is the future John Diggle Jr. Um, what? Yeah. So he is supposed to be on the Green Arrow and Birds of Pre- or Black Canaries show, but that show has not actually been picked up by ACW yet. Just wanted to put that stuff out there. Uh, also, if anybody has seen the, sh- the movie Empire Records uh, from the 90s, uh, young Warren, who steals CDs from the, the record store, is horse. That is the same what? actor. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Time. Wow. Time, indeed. <laughs> uh, I was wondering, it, was there anything in, the, in this episode? I've asked this for the last couple, but what do you think... Aside from the obvious last bit in there with this person who might be going through the same thing as her, what do you guys think is the most significant thing that will carry forward? Even if that's just like an emotional tidbit that we learned? Curious. So if we hadn't gotten that last part, uh, I would say that she is going to finally hit that point in one of these type of movies where she's going to start correcting things so to speak or at least trying to make things better for other people if that was quantum leaping it not so much quantum leaping it because that would indicate that like every time she even though every time she dies that that timeline still goes forward at least in my head so that those people are, are okay um it's just more like you know you have to bring up you know bill murray and groundhog's day like every day he ends up having to do a certain things to make sure that these certain people live or have a better day or, you know, uh, whatever, meet each other kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's and what that's, that's I take from this episode. With yes. Yeah. That, that yeah. was what it was with horse. That's what I thought was going to be what occurred when the whole horse thing came about. I still think that a chunk of this is going to have to do with, the emotional damage caused by losing her mother. Mm. Because when Horse cut her hair, she's like, oh my God, I look like my mother. Mm-hmm. And he asks mm-hmm. her if that's a good thing or a bad thing, and she can't answer. Um, and I get the impression that a lot of her emotional issues with friends and with John or other relationships stem from that. Yeah. So. I think that's going to still be the big carry through. My uh, One of my issues with this episode is that at this point, I feel like she should already be at the point where she's telling people like she is taking in the uh, someone's confidence of like, this is what's happening to me. And yet she's still skirting around. We see it a lot with John, like when he's like, what is going on with you? And she's just not, not wanting to tell her exact, tell him exactly what it is. It, probably in the, for the fear of being labeled crazy, which if someone told you that you would be mm-hmm. considered crazy, but like yeah, she, she has a strong aversion to anyone saying any kind of mental stuff. Um, and in this episode, there's a part where John says something to her where he asks, or if you're having a mental issue and she noticed that she didn't snap on him in that moment. Right. Where I feel like that's wholly the reason that she's avoided telling anybody because look what happened last time. Mm-hmm. She got committed. Mm-hmm. Except she's the one who Wanted, suggested yeah. it initially. Yeah. Because Ruth asked her. You have to say the, the right word. Yeah. yeah. Are we at record player? Yes. Record player, Ruth. Record player. And she repeated it over and over and over. That's fair. I just Ruth. think that 
I mean, I know that I'm going off of other movies, which is wrong. But I feel like at this point in the story, you should already have that person where you're like, you've convinced them and you need to get that piece of information so that you can tell them the next time around to be like, I know this thing about you. So you have to believe me like kind of thing. You need that, that plot point at this point. That's fair. Um, I I think I would have thought the same thing if it wasn't a show that I had been binge watching. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, I think this show is made for that despite the repetition that's in there. It's almost like a thing that they play with in general. Um, notice that in this episode we got a lot less deaths than the than the previous couple. That is correct. We only True. got two deaths in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that they haven't revisited? Like how the, in this episode they went to the yeshiva? I talked about that stuff. Is there anything they haven't addressed that you think is important still? I mean, I, I feel like I want to go back to the liquor store people. That other than that, I I don't really the you know the what you would call it the the uh, the friend that she's talking to the guy who works at the liquor store. Oh yeah. But we do get another group of guys that are like the the paramedics drivers and also the other guys that were in the liquor store. So I don't know if those were the same guys or not. I really need to to look into that. But uh, you know, there was a group of guys that were giving her shit once again. Walking through the I park. That's just groups of guys everywhere. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I was say that's just that's reality. <laughs> but but um. when you're talking when you're when you when you have a TV show like this, like the fact that the camera is lingering on certain things or or pointing out certain things or focusing on certain characters, it it, it makes it seem like it's important for other reasons. I mean, yeah. this this could also Not have been right. the same guys that were in the the place where she works. Like she keeps getting the yeah. the the the, the calendar eleven thirty message. Yeah, yeah. the eleven thirty message, which. I thought that was going to play more into this episode, but it doesn't. So I don't yeah. know if there's an importance to that meeting or if it's just they want to reiterate that this is the same day. She still needs to go to that 1130 meeting. I mm-hmm. think they're just reiterating that it's the same day because I think she's clearly just decided she can blow it all off because there's currently no future. So yeah, there's other, she's not going to get in trouble. Things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good. I think that might be an important idea in the show in general. Like uh, in a situation, douches. yeah, she's living the same day over and over again uh, and blowing, cert- beginning to blow certain things off because other things have become more important. Uh, if we took out the mechanism of reliving the same day, I mean, that's plenty of people's life when something big happens. True. Mm-hmm. Fair. So. so, guy in elevator. <laughs> Fiddling with a ring box. Ring box. Obviously, he didn't know that the elevator was going to crash because otherwise he wouldn't have gone on it. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. so to speak. <laughs> How could you possibly run into that person again if you know that the next time around there? Uh, that's also that's weird. That's like a time travel thing. Like if yep. she. Well. Except hmm. based on the way that he was fiddling, I kind of get the impression that one, he's been at this a lot longer than she has, mm-hmm. but that he has actually figured out how to c- progress forward in time. Maybe. And then when he dies, he's got a new starting point every oh. so often. Had you got that all from the three words that he said to her? Yep. Well, and the, the fiddling with the ring box suggests that he's planning for a future. Yeah. And if he's truly been stuck in the same 24 hours. But maybe he, he just feels that he needs to get the, his 
save point is to actually ask whoever it is to marry him. Like if he could just get to that thing, but everything keeps stopping him from getting to that point. I don't know. That's what I was getting to. But then he would know that he was going to die in that elevator. And then again, as you pointed yeah. out, he wouldn't get into that. Cause like the second or third time you're, you're going to try the elevator. Like actually it's probably the first time. Well, it's just like she doesn't go down the, the stairs anymore. Correct. She only goes down the fire escape, <laughs> yeah. which I did have the thought as it was Mitch and I were watching this episode. I was like, wonder if this is like really a thing. And all of those people we've labeled agoraphobics just have died stepping out of their <laughs> apartments over and over and over again. And they're like, well, I'm just not leaving. Cause I die every time I do. Yeah, they're like, listen, I'm on day 37 right now. I have never gotten this far. I have not those fucking stairs. That is not to make fun of it. A series, well, it does, but it's not meant. People do suffer from agoraphobia, but... You're not making light of it. You just... is an interesting thought. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anything else anybody wants to bring up about the episode? Okay. So, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geekly Media. Jess, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at JM Bailey Writes. Uh, Steven? You can find me across the internet as either Peppermint Gentleman or Peppermint Gent for short. John? I am on Twitter at Magic Bollock. And I think you just can search my name for Instagram and see the progression of Mr. Duck. <laughs> there you go. And there are episodes of this podcast and other <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Elizabeth can be found with the rest of Geek Elite Media on Twitter at Geek Elite Media, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our, on our network on our website, geekleetmedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.